Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report, the final Ralph Report of the week, because it is a Friday. It's a hot fudge Friday. Yeah! Hot fudge on the What's going on? Hot fudge on the morning. I'm gonna have some fun. going to be a hell of a show i got a full night of sober sleep oh i bet you feel good oh ready to drink again that's how good i feel (laughs) start it all over get back on that horse good news is we got a hell of a show lined up for you today kids because on the counter you want to know why well because it's friday that means a little visit from our friend mr steve ashton he'll be by with the uk update and he'll be joining us as well for our video vault selections for this weekend's viewing pleasure, we pick three movies every Friday that you may not be familiar with or haven't seen for a while or never heard of. Hmm. We pick a genre of films and then we give you our picks. And uh, this week, it's Private Detectives. It's yeah. all about the detective stories. Detective films. I love a good detective story. I'm like uh, the old school. I like Humphrey Bogart. And the old film noir those stuff. Those guys, yeah. So uh, we got some picks for you. Later on, Steve will be chiming in with his pick from the British cinema. Also, entertainment news. Also, your phone call. So much to talk about. By the time we're all done, you're going to say, all right, I'm ready to launch into my weekend with gusto. With Gu- Moxie. Oh, uh, no. With Moxie. Fuck Moxie. Will. We don't need Moxie. You can do you it without Moxie. never even had Moxie. Uh, sweet with a bitter taste? You, no. You I don't need it. that. Give me sweet. I don't need bitter. (laughs) You're going to enjoy today's show. I guarantee. I guarantee. So let's get the introductions out of the way. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the rear admiral himself, who apparently had his rear chewed off earlier (laughs) from the missus, the missus admiral. Yeah. His ass is a little sore. I'm in the doghouse. Being chewed out. It's. Holy God. Holy God. Or as some folks like to call him, well, I don't know what his wife's calling him these days, mm. but we call him Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie. Yo ho, indeed. I, I What'd think, you do? I don't know what I did you anymore. Did I don't something. know. I, I guess I'm just me, and that's enough. Well, I can relate to her on that <laughs> exactly. level. I think we just hit the, the, the quarantine limit where it's just, it's been over a year now, and Two people, kind of, and I've been out of work now of my other job, so I'm kind of home all day. Mm. So I think we've hit that limit of like four months now where I've been home all day. Yeah. And she works at home as a real estate agent. Oh, so it's boy. just a lot of us at home together. Mm. And I just, I, I tend to wear on people. Mm. Just being me. So I think that. I, she's probably in, I she's, I'm in the wrong, she's in the right. I know that. Well, yeah, naturally. Yeah. No, that's, naturally. That's a given. I know I'm terrible. Yeah. I know. Yes. But, you know, it still hurts to be chewed out. So uh, are you trying to hint that you need a place to crash today? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the couch looks nice that you have. I got a spare nice. room. I don't want to take the bed. I'll sleep in the couch. I'm not going to give you my bed. 
but I'll give you the guest bedroom. You can you can sleep no, in there. We're good. We're good. We just you know she's just had it with me at some point. I don't know if I could face you first thing in the morning. You probably, quite don't frankly. <laughs> I can't imagine coming downstairs groggy, making my coffee, and then you're there in your jeans. You probably sleep in them. If just, I'm sleeping over, I'm gonna. I'll probably sleep on the couch in my jeans. Walk around being all you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to deal with, with your me jeans in the morning. on. You don't want to deal with me. And I just look up at the sky. Oy! Wondering why I made the choices I've yeah, made. You definitely need your coffee before you deal with me. Yeah. Well, look. It, it, pinch comes. Pinch comes the shove. Pinch comes I don't the, think that's a saying. Pinch comes the tug. <laughs> <laughs> if push comes to shove, or if you're in a pinch, uh, the, the just uh, let me know. No, it's well, I appreciate it. We're I, not that. I we just, you know, space. it's just four. It's four months of being in the same space. That's all. Well, I it's all good. Wish you all the best. Thanks. Because life is life. Life is life. Married life is married. And you know the kids there too with the homeschool. Yeah. So it's just three people in an apartment Damn all kids. day, every day. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. You know what you need a dog. Yes, take that, her, take her mind off it. So we can all focus our anger at the dog. I got one you could sp I can spare I'm if good. you want to take him home. I'm good. Um, before we get into today's show, I know the Garmy is a very smart bunch, so I'm going to need some help. Mm. I need someone to listen to my plea and show up and explain things to me. Yeah. And I've, we've talked a little bit about this before, about my confusion over the world of Bitcoin, how that has, oh, crypto, any, all that has stuff. any value. Yeah. Now, that's just a, a small piece of a much bigger picture called a non-fungible tokens. Are you familiar with no, this? No, I have no idea. I've never heard. That's the first time I've heard that. You've heard that? You've never heard the phrase NFT or non-fungible token? Oh, I've heard NFT. I didn't NFT know it was NFT stands for non-fungible token. Gotcha. And it used to be just Bitcoin and things like that that were apparently kept on some sort of digital ledger called a blockchain. Mm-hmm. And they, they take a long time to farm. And so that's where their value comes from. And then you can save them up and it's worth something. Right. We've talked about this before, how I don't understand how it's worth anything. Right. Well, it's just made up. Like, but, but it's a smaller picture now of a much bigger story because non-fungible tokens are in the news because they've now gone over into the digital world where people are getting ownership of non-tangible but digital files of information such <laughs> as art or audio or video or other forms of creative work you can be the owner of that and you know these digital files can be infinitely reproducible right but apparently this is a way to track the actual proof of ownership of who owns what clips and things. I was just trying to set some sort of law in the cyber world of like who owns pro you know, property guess, rights if you, or if creative you, If purposes. you have a meme yes. and then people are using it, I suppose you could, if, it's, if you have proof of ownership of that, you could turn around and demand payment right. for that well, use. I saw that Ocean Spray guy selling his video that, for the NFT of it for like $500,000. Right, so you'll own the original of that. Of his TikTok video. Yes, of him sk skateboarding and drinking, drinking ocean, spray. ocean spray. And he got half a million dollars for that. Right. So, so even though that's can, everywhere right. in the internet. There's one person now There's owns one it. guy who still owns it. And which, they can claim copyright on that? I have no idea. And then go works. after everyone else who reposts it? Once again, this is my plea. <laughs> I'm, I'm reaching out to someone smarter than me and... Hard to believe smarter than you. Shocking. It's been done before. But I would like someone to come on the show and explain in simple enough terms that even I can understand 
what this world is all about. And the reason I ask is because of this story that broke yesterday. A Brooklyn-based film director is uh, making some money in the world of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, Mm -hmm. by selling a piece of art that he has created over the past year, a calendar year. Started back in March of 2020, went the beginning of the uh, coronavirus lockdown. Mm -hmm. And he and his friends began sharing recordings of their farts (laughs) on WhatsApp. (laughs) They would record their farts and then share them with each other. To the point where this guy, Alex Ramirez Malis, 36 years old, says he can identify his friends now by the sound. He can just hear the fart and know who's it belongs to. (laughs) I can see by smell, but not by sound. So he has amassed a collection, a year's worth of recorded farts. In fact, that's the name of this piece of work. One calendar year of recorded farts. <laughs> and he has now got it up for auction for um, someone to bid on to have ownership of as an NFT. Uh-huh. Uh, top bid is currently at $183. That's $183 more than you should spend on that. For this file of farts. The good news is uh, the individual fart recordings are also available for 0.05 Ethereum, which <laughs> Ethereum is apparently another currency, a cryptocurrency oh, okay. like Bitcoin. Okay. Um, that roughly translates to about $85 a fart. So if you just want a singular fart, if you want to own one of his friends' farts $85. forever, you can have it for the low, low price of $85. And morons are buying these things? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's already sold a couple of them. Fucking idiots. But he's looking to cash in on the big, uh, the big collection, which is the year's worth of collected farts of him and his friends. Mm, the world's changing. It's it's changing too goddamn much. It's is what I'm saying. A little too much. I and don't... it's out. It's I am not able. Look, I'm not a dumb guy, but I am not able to wrap my head around any of this. And I need someone to sit me down and put it into into layman's terms so I can understand where we're going what's going on because i need to get on board if farts are worth 85 dollars i need i mean come on you you got a factory at home you could just pump out the farts this is my thought (laughs) if you're in desperate need of a fart sound effect can't you just wait until the mood strikes and then get your iphone down there and uh, bend over yeah and you got one and after all the guinnesses you had the other night i'm sure you would have made a a fortune you wasted everything was coming out of me I thought I think I lost an organ. I'm not sure what you it was. You lost probably $500,000. But <laughs> I can understand if it's a per, it's a work of art or a video clip or something that requires production. But if we're now the stage now we're selling farts and farts have value in yeah, the cyber in the cyber world. I don't know where we are at that point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Then I'm just I might have to just <laughs> Tap it Check out. Cash yeah. chips in and yeah, go. I might got to. I got to find a cave somewhere, and a and a bearskin rug and just. I mean, are, hibernate. are farts like fingerprints? Is everyone unique? Is it a snowflake? <sighs> I just special. And I saw this story, and so, there's already a bid for 183 dollars for a for a year's worth of files on audio recording. I just don't. Yeah, that makes no sense. People would bid on that. I get someone trying to make money off anything. I get that idea, but I get I don't get the idea of people actually bidding on it and trying to buy it actual money but what are we what is what where (laughs) who all these questions i need so much if i take a picture of my poop Uh uh-huh and that's a unique poop to me they all are 
can someone special. can someone then pay me money so they can own that photo yeah, of my poop? That's an NFT right and there. And you're not even owning the poop. No. Your this, picture of the poop. This guy, you're not even getting the real fart. Remember that guy we talked about who was met a guy on Grinder who wanted a guy to fart in his face and eat some chili? Oh. Then that's an actual experience. I can see almost paying for that experience. Well, yeah, because you're 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 invading you're it. You're invading all the senses. You're sight, li- sound, you're living the dream, smell. But just a recording of a guy's fart, I just uh, yeah, I don't understand that. I, that someone I, would pay money for that. I'm lost. So uh, if you got a handle on this uh, NFT thing, and you can see where we're going, and first of more importantly, you can be my manager. Direct me towards how I can get money for shit. Right. Because I understand this. This is a show that we produce. And I put out there in the world and people enjoy it. And so they say, yeah, this is worth whatever they think it's worth. And then that's an exchange. Right. And that's what fungible yes. items are. Fungible means you can exchange it for something else that has equal value. Right. Whatever that may be. I've, a perfect example is a dollar bill. Yeah. I can give you a dollar bill and you can give me 10 dimes. Right. That is a fungible transaction. Right. But these things, you can't, they don't, they, they, there's, you can't trade a fart for a fart. <laughs> I can't say I'll give you five farts for, for, a, for a burger. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Unless people really want those farts. They really think they're valuable. Yeah. I so, don't get it either. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just at a loss. So I know we have a ton of smart people out there in the Garmy, and I just need someone to, to reach out to me and help me because I'm a mess. <laughs> Because I'm living in a world I no longer understand. I'm Buck Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I've woken up in a world I no longer understand. They don't have any Aaron Gray around. I, that's the problem. I don't even have a Tweaky. <laughs> I'll give you a Tweaky. Gee, Buck. So uh, there you go. Speaking of the Garmy, you smart people, let's talk to you now. We love it when you reach out to us. So many of you, so many of you rather, like to leave your messages on the Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's available to you. All you got to do is pick up your phone and dial 833. Hi, Ralph. There you can leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments. I listen to them all, and then I play them back in a segment here known as Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Jeanette has picked up on something recently, Mm -hmm. and I think she may have a point, and I don't know whether to discourage it or to encourage it. Hey, Ralph, it's Jeanette. I had to stop uh, Thursday's podcast because I've noticed a trend ever since Ziggy came back, which, by the way, I'm glad you did because I really like that guy when he sings the outro, and the intro is so hilarious. But um, every day that goes by, Eddie gets more and more and more upset like legit mad that these are not funny yes, like if the, if the guy that does the geek comes out dead one day right? like i will not be surprised if it's eddie because i feel like his hatred just grows stronger and stronger and stronger each yes. and every day thanks mm-hmm. bye i can feel the hatred flow through you in the words of the emperor i i i have it welling up inside of me. it yes. has been getting yes. exponentially more well, intense because i I've been doing those dirty ziggies for the last few weeks. Yes, you have. And I put minimal effort into coming up. It literally takes me 10 minutes to come up with the joke 
and then another 10 minutes to draw the thing and send it over to so you. So you're aware of what the I'm, scam this guy is I'm running. putting such little work into the Dirty Ziggy. Right. And this guy is churning them out and I assume has a fortune. Yes. Or at least is, money is not an issue in his life. He has many fungible He has many tokens. He's, he's, fu he's funged up. <laughs> he he's fucking fungible. <laughs> and so you're saying, where's mine? Why not I'm just me? saying, like, I, I've been at this for a while, trying to churn out content and trying to entertain people. And I, I think I do a decent job at that. So I'm yeah. like, you know, come on. Like, if people can find that groove where they get locked in, and they can just turn out shit mm -hmm. and get paid. Like, you're making farts, and you're getting paid to make farts. Tom Wilson is making visual farts. He's making visual farts, right. and he's getting money for it. So, you're yeah, it does right. It does anger me in a way. But here's the thing. My, my conundrum for me is, do I encourage that in hopes that you will act out in violence? <laughs> and then that'll solve my problem, too, because then there's no more Ziggies. So you win. You get a win. I get a win. And then we'll we'll go fund your defense fund. Right. And then you, we'll get you off. And I'll get off, and then everybody will be fine. Any jury of your peers would <laughs> never uh, hold you accountable. Oh, you could just lay out all the exhibits. Right. Of evidence. Just, well, let's show them yesterday, Ziggy. <laughs> let's maybe, do that. Maybe that'll be the thing that, uh, <laughs> that springs you from the crime of a manslaughter against Tom Wilson II. Let's take a look at yesterday's Ziggy. Ziggy, is he funny? Ziggy, fuck you, you are a little creep. <laughs> yeah. right, let's take a look at yesterday's. All right, Zig's going to see a fortune teller. We can tell that because here's the thing. This guy's not even trying anymore. Usually he buries the location. He writes it out someplace in the scene. This time it just has a big headline that says fortune teller across the top of the strip. To make like a window with it painted on the window. Or a sign hanging on a no, wall or nothing. Just wrote fortune teller. Fortune teller. teller. That's where we are. He must have woke up late. <laughs> so there's an old lady who looks like a gypsy. Mm -hmm. And Eddie, uh, Ziggy, not Eddie, Ziggy is sitting there <laughs> to get his fortune, I'm assuming. Yeah. And she says to him, she says, I'm on a tight schedule. Here, pick a fortune cookie. Fuck off. Good Lord. <laughs> She's got a bowl. Jesus Christ. Fortune cookies. They're on the table. Yeah. He used fortune twice in the same panel. <laughs> fortune teller and then, and then fortune, fortune cookie. cookie. Like, you don't see that coming a mile away. God damn it. So, uh... Fucking... Another visual fart we had to endure. Not, uh, not the day he's going to accidentally be funny. I get that he's going to churn one out every day. And there's going to be easy. There's going to be misses. I hear you. Look, there's going to be misses. Not every Ralph report is as good as every other Ralph right. report. I mean, some are better than others. Right. There's a varying level of uh, of success. You want you want to shoot at 90% as much as you can. I get that. But every once in a while, you got to score. There's got to be a good one. One out of seven. People have been asking, and not in like a, a negative way, like, ah, oh, I'm tired of it. But they're like, so how long are you going to go? <laughs> because <laughs> i know the plan is to find one that actually has some humor in it how long are you willing to go and i'm thinking now i'm fucking in i'm just in <laughs> at this point i'm in until point, it happens that's how long it's going to go at this point we have to i will stop once i go yeah okay that was a good one because if you bail now then everything we've done is just a waste of time that's what i'm saying 
commitment. Commitment is all. Uh, I want to thank this caller who called in to make me feel good and bad at the same time. Hi, Ralph. I was just letting you know that you were in my sex dream last night. And just wanted to let you know, bravo. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you so much. My dream self is getting some. My real self is just sitting alone here in the At least some cage. version of you is getting some. Yeah, but I, I can't benefit from dream me. He's not. He's she not, did. Yeah, I know. Well. But I'm not getting anything from that experience. <laughs> and uh, once again, these callers are always just anonymous, mystery mm. callers, just, just hit and run, just mm. leave me pondering. Give a name so you can play with it in your head. Right, at least I can. Oh, I wonder if uh, fill in the blank is dreaming about me tonight. Right. Come on. Joel, oh, my boy, Joel. Joel called in. Mm-hmm. We have to have a conversation with Joel. We got to work some things out because I thought this was pretty self-explanatory. Hi, Ralph and Eddie. Uh, Joel, first uh, one star from Anaheim. Please don't hate me, but could you please explain the knock-knock joke? I just don't get it. Um, maybe, maybe it's me. I'm really hoping it's as hilarious as it is. LMB. Well, first of all, it's not as hilarious. It's it's as pretty it's, it's pretty really, hilarious. It's not. But Joel, it's it's maybe the simplest knock knock joke ever. And you seem like a nice guy. You seem personable on the phone. I heard your call. I said, oh, I bet, but Joel's fun to hang out with. But you are so dumb. <laughs> you are really dumb for real. All right, let's go through the knock-knock joke for those who may not be familiar with it, but we're going to break it down. I'll start. Eddie will play the role of the guy Mm. at the door. I'll be the knocker. (laughs) And the the joke proceeds thusly. Knock-knock. Who's there? Owls go. Owls go who? That's right. God damn it, I hate it. (laughs) Just to fucking hate it, I had to say it. Fuck. Now, Joel. Come on, Joel. Owls go... Is, is what I'm asking. And then Eddie's responding with... Owls go who? Owls go who? And Joel... Who? 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 That's an owl. Owls go who? That's an owl, Joel. So owls go who? <sighs> I can't... I don't... You can't explain I it I don't know that. where... You can't explain it. I don't know where the disconnect is. I that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, don't. I don't know where in Joel's mind he went, that's, owls that's go. confusing. I don't... Uh, What's an owls go? Owls, maybe... <laughs> oh, maybe he thinks owls go. Maybe it's oh, one word. Did. No, maybe... He's, did I say it too fast? Owls maybe, go? Maybe he's do? not breaking it down. But you have to say it fast to make the joke work. That's kind of what you do. Yeah. Because yeah. if, if you not, if you go knock, knock, who's there, and you go, owls go... Then, then you know it's happening, yeah. and then you turn around and you don't finish the job. Right, well, yeah. But if I go, Al's go. Al's go who? God damn it. And you get mad Ooh. because you say it. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's a real Al right there. This week, we also found out Eddie has his own word for uh, the vagina. You don't take care of your feet. Don't take care of your wawa. <laughs> you don't take care of your feet. Don't take care of your wawa. Well, there's been collateral damage. Not only is that just ridiculous and childish, <laughs> but, and it didn't strike me at the time, but uh, Craig called in from uh, my hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and there is a uh, beloved chain of convenience stores there is, yes. 
started in Philly. Now it's up and down the whole Eastern seaboard. Uh, you have uh, you have upset Craig greatly. <laughs> hey, Ralph and Eddie. Hey, this is Craig from Philly. You have two Northeast East Coast boys talking about my favorite place, Wawa. Now, every time I go into Wawa, yeah. I'm going to be thinking about pussy and not getting, and not about my six-inch hoagie. Right. You know, there's a connection there, too. Yeah, there is. Wawa. Wawa. Every time I step in, yeah. I'm fucked in the head now because of Eddie Penn. Right? Love you, Mina. Bye. You don't take care of your feet. Don't take care of your Wawa. Now you ruined Craig's How did I ruin it? What, what is better than being in a vagina? Not, Thank you. That's not what that's you a want win. when you're ordering up a, a hoagie. <laughs> you get your six inch. You want to get a hoagie or you want to get a soft pretzel or you're looking, you know, just for something, you know, a quick sandwich to get. It's not what you want to be thinking about, Eddie. Come on, man. Ruining poor Craig. I just don't say how I ruined it. Experience. Um, here's something you didn't ruin. Mm -hmm. Jennifer's appreciation of you this week. Hey, Ralph, Steve, and Eddie. Jennifer from Kentucky. And I just heard Eddie singing uh, Vehicle by <laughs> Isaac Mars. Yes. And that's a creepy song to begin with, but when they sing it... Uh, I'd march sounds, you know, upbeat and stuff. When Eddie sings it, he sounds like a fucking kidnapper. Yes. It's the funniest thing I've heard. Please play it again. Oh, God. LMB. Yes, Jennifer. Um, I thought the same thing at the time, but I didn't really dwell on it. But Eddie... <laughs> Eddie singing it read like a uh, one of those kidnappers' notes you get, where the letters are cut out of magazines and just glued to the page. It was the it was the audio version of that. Oh. Sounded sinister <laughs> and scary. So uh, I am going to play it again for you, Jennifer, largely because it was one of my favorite things that we've done recently as well. Here is uh, the Eds of March, as opposed to the Ides of March, singing the classic song "Vehicle." Friendly stranger in a black sedan. Boy, you hop inside my car. I got pictures, got candy. I'm a lovable man. And I can take you to the nearest star. <laughs> I'm your vehicle, baby. Take you anywhere you want to go. I'm your vehicle, woman. And I love you. I need you. I want you. Gotta have you, child. Break out in heaven. You know I love you. Oh, <laughs> Fuck. Wow. Get your kids off the streets <laughs> when Eddie's in his vehicle. Oh, man. Yeah. That was rough. It was beautiful. Mm. All right. Let's, uh, let's cleanse our palate now with today's happy hit. We always play some music, some upbeat music each and every show to get your day started off right. Ruben called in with his request. And uh, given what he's been going through lately, I was more than happy. To answer the call. Hey, Ralph and Eddie, this is Ruben from Dallas, Texas. Um, I'm calling about my happy hit suggestions of this week. Eddie Money, I think I'm in love. 
Now, the last three weeks have been real hard for me. I recently lost vision in my left eye. Uh, I'm a security guard in the building that I monitor. Uh, apparently was missing me while I was out in the hospital and uh, welcomed me back with open arms. I wasn't expecting uh, such a big embrace and the song just puts it all together for me. And if any Garmin listeners or some of the people that I monitor, just thank you. It means a lot. Love you. Bye. What a nice ending to the story that he had a, a medical issue. Yeah. And usually those stories end with, well, I was out of work and they right. said, we need to fill in your, your position. So they, they let me go. But apparently they held they it for him back. and they welcomed oh. him back, which is great. Ruben, I hope things improve for you soon. I don't know if the vision issue is permanent or temporary, but uh, we're thinking of you. We're pulling for you. Hanging always, there, always happy to play some Eddie money. And in this case, it's going out to you, sir. I think I'm in love. That is a happy hit. Yes, it is. Ruben, take care of yourself, sir. We're thinking of you. Thanks to everybody who called in today. You, too, can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment. But in order for that to happen, you got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. 
For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look at folks who passed away on this day, March 19th. We paid tribute to their lives and their legacies in Hello, Death. The reason I start off with our French version of the Hello Death theme is yep. because our uh, first tribute is to René Robert Cavier, Ooh. a French explorer. <laughs> who is best known for exploring the Great Lakes of the United States and Canada, oh. the Mississippi River, and the Gulf of Mexico. Oh. He, uh, he went all over the place. He uh, explored much of Louisiana, bringing <laughs> the French flavor to that part of the world. That's He's the guy that made that, the French Quarter Indeed. or whatnot? 18, uh, 1687, he died on this day at the hmm. age of 43. He was searching for the source of the Mississippi River, when uh, 36 of his men on that um, mission mutinied Ooh, and uh, killed him. Dicks. Yeah, he was killed by his own men. Wow, after they'd gone through all that and then they finally mutiny him? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Half of the men uh, did not agree with the mutiny. So they turned against the mutineers and everyone in that party killed each other except for two people. <laughs> so not a very successful mission. They did not mission. think that through at they all. They really did not. You got to get on board. You got to get everybody on yeah. board if you're going to mutiny. Can't do a half-ass mutiny. No, cuz then, you know, people get feelings hurt. 1816, uh Philip Mazet, Italian physician, died on this day. He was a close friend of Thomas Jefferson and actually was responsible for purchasing arms for Virginia during the American Revolutionary War. Hmm. Tommy J uh, sent him a letter there in Italy yeah. and said, hey, we need some help over here. Could you, uh, could you purchase some guns? some guns for us? And he's like, yeah, sure, I can make that. Yeah, well, how about that? Well, they all hated England at that time, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, he also contributed to the Declaration of Independence. Hmm. All men are created equal comes from uh, Philip Mazet, the Italian. Yeah. They didn't really believe that, he though, when they wrote it down. They did. So. Oh, they did? Hey, let me tell you something. All the people, I don't care who it is, the little guy or big guy, everybody's a good guy, right. everybody be nice. Yeah. All the white people are it's pretty. How when dare they wrote you. the Constitution. How it's dare in you, there. You white people. All the white people are created equal. All men, it says right yeah, there. No women. Women weren't considered equal. Well, and what were slaves with? Three-fourths? I don't know if that's not in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, it's in think. the Constitution or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's all mistakes were made. I'm not saying mistakes weren't made. <laughs> Just saying. Just say a, it sounds nice on paper. It's a good starting point. In practice, not so. All men are created equal. Yes, it's a great idea, which is what America was founded on. 1932, Edward Barrett, famous Irish heavyweight wrestler and famous hurler as well. Throw, he threw up a lot. No, he's a hurler. It's a sport. 
Hurling? Hurling. What do you throw? A disc? No, Discus? it's a ball. You throw a ball? Yeah. Like shot put? No, it's you use a, a stick. Wait, wait, you're throwing a ball with a stick? Yes. It's kind of like a cross between lacrosse, rugby, and hockey. And that's how far you can throw it? You've never seen hurling? No. No, it's got defense and offense. Oh, I thought it was just a guy like, hey, how far can you throw and this? And then they have goal posts, like okay. a big H. Yeah. And if you can throw the ball uh through the goalpost but over the crossbar i think uh -huh. that's worth one point but if you can get it under the crossbar past the goalie then that's worth three points okay that's hurling how big's the ball about the size of a ball <laughs> you know like a like a ball you could put your hand around okay. it's like a like a ball and you throw it with a stick and you got a stick yeah you hit a it with a thing stick? on the end no it's got a thing at the end so it's like lacrosse it's got like a little pocket and you throw it kind of yeah so just call it lacrosse well it's not lacrosse it doesn't have a basket at the end of it <laughs> I don't know about this sport. It's been around forever. I don't think it's going to last. It has been around. It's, I don't know. It's prehistoric. That's why it should go away. Anyway, Edward Barrett was also an Olympian, I'll have you know. Huh. He won in 1908. For hurling? No. Uh -huh. He won the gold for tug of war. Oh, was he an anchor? Or was he? I, I don't know. He was just on the team. Just on the tug of war team? He was on the tug of war team. Did you know tug of war used to be an Olympic sport? I think I knew that. I yeah, didn't, I didn't. Know but that. the old original uh, Greek games, right? It was wasn't it? Was nineteen oh eight? There's not old Greeks. No, but before that, like it was, it was you played for London. Before, I think. before the before times. Yeah, but that's a thing now. You do at camp. It's not yeah. a considered a sport. When, yeah. when did that fall out of favor? When did people when say, people like this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be watching. It's not ridiculous. I'm saying we should put it back in the Olympics <laughs> because then I would have a chance to be an Olympian. It's just people tugging on a rope. Yeah. Mm. And swimming is just people splashing in the but water. That's who can swim the fastest. Well, this is who can pull the hardest. <laughs> I want to, I'm gonna I'm gonna get us one of those uh, what do you call people sign on the internet petition. A petition. I'm gonna get a petition to get going, tug of war back. To get tug of war back as an Olympic sport. That's time well spent. It is because God damn it, you we, that's a sport I'd watch. Competitive tug of war. <laughs> Only if there's like a pit of lava between them, no. then I'd watch Floor it. War is not lava. 1943. Frank Nitty, American gangster, died on this day. Took his own life. Ooh. Yeah. Was it wasn't he, like was the caught? Un, wasn't like the untouchables where Kevin Costner threw him off the roof. <laughs> Never happened. Right. Bullshit. That's how Frank Nitty dies in the untouchables. That's not nonsense. Yeah. Nitty went away with Capone for tax evasion, but only did 18 months. And when he got out, he took over the Chicago outfit. Hmm. He was the boss for a long time. Oh. But he got boss, busted in 1943 because the mob was leaning on the, the Hollywood studios. Oh. They were extorting them, threatening them with uh, union problems, in quotes, if they didn't start paying a tribute to the mob. Right. And so they got indicted on it and looked like he was going to go away. And he uh, took a long, drunken walk down by the railroad tracks and took himself out Ooh. with a shot to the Ooh. head. Did not want to go back to prison. No. In 1950, Edgar Rice Burroughs, American author, died at the age of 74. Of course, Ed, you know his most famous creation? Uh, the potato peeler. <laughs> he was an author. His oh. creation was a character. It wasn't an invention. He was an American author who created a famous fictional character. Ned the Spud. <laughs> Has something to do with potatoes. I know that. You got potatoes on the brain. It's got something to do with potatoes. No, it Tarzan of the Apes. Ah, close. Is who we were looking for. Tarzan close. of the Apes. Ned the Spud didn't come along for many years later, I don't think. In 1950, Sir Walter Norman Haworth, 
British chemist passed away on his 70, 67th birthday. Hmm. Died of a heart attack on his own 67th birthday. That sucks. The uh, organizers of his surprise party were very, uh, <laughs> very regretful. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> when they screamed at him when he walked through the front door, I can only imagine. He, he invented, uh, well, he invented, but he discovered vitamin C, ascorbic acid. Oh. He was able to isolate that for us. Oh, that's good. It is very good. What would you what would you put in your uh, in your in your fizzy drink when you get on an airplane on your air, what's oh, your called? airborne airborne your airborne's you need that vitamin, need the vitamin C. C I take chewable gummy gummy vitamin C's every day do you yeah it's fascinating one thousand milligrams not surprised that they're chewy gummies well, they're better than that. the chalky ones how about just the pill you swallow like a grown up person mm. just put it in your mouth and drink some water no. and swallow it down I want to chew it I know you do you want to eat candy in the bre <laughs> for breakfast that's what you want to do. <laughs> Edward Platt, American character actor, died on this day in 1974 at the age of 58. He worked a lot in Hollywood, but he was best known for his work as the long-suffering chief of Maxwell Smart in the series Get Smart. Oh, he's not related to Oliver Platt, is he? I don't believe no. so. Uh, he was always great on that show, though. He yeah. was the guy, the, the, the sane one, in which all the craziest yes. revolved around. Here's yep. a little bit of his work with uh, Don Adams. Oh, chief, I forgot something. I'd like to talk to you about one more thing. What, Max? Well, I don't think we should talk right out here in the open, Chief. I think we should use the cone of silence. Oh, Max, every time we use the cone of silence, something terrible happens. Can't you just write it to me on a piece of paper? People can read a piece of paper, Chief. I'll burn it afterwards. Ashes can be reassembled. I'll eat the note. They could operate on you and get it back. <laughs> they go in the cone of silence and Max asks them to borrow $20 till payday. <laughs> oh, fuck. Love that show. Uh, Anne Klein, American fashion designer, also died on this day in 1974 at the age of 50. Paul Kossoff, British rock guitarist, was in Free, died of a pulmonary embolism at the age of 25. Ooh, that sucks. And it's way too young. 1976 was the year. Here's a little Free's work. Richard Beckinsale, British actor, died in 1979 on this day at the age of 31 from a heart attack. Damn. Way too young. All these young deaths. Yeah. It's terrible. He was the father of Kate, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. One of the reasons she got into the acting Hottie. business. Yeah. He does good work with his penis. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Quite the cocksmith. Uh, 1982, Randy Rhodes, one of the great guitarists in rock history, died in a crash at the age of 25. He was, of course, with Quiet Riot and then played for Ozzy, yep. creating one of the most classic rock riffs of any song ever. So good. In 2001, Charles K. Johnson died. He was the president of the Flat Earth Society. Died at the age of 76, and I'm glad. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, that dude sucked. This is, that was the beginning yeah. of bullshit. I can believe anything I want, and yeah. you can't tell me otherwise, to which I say no, because there's science and there's things, and things are real. Yeah, and this is the internet exacerbated people like yeah, that. Yeah, see, it used to be they had to gather together in small rooms right. or write newsletters or shit. Now you make a YouTube video. You people could, like, see? You could keep a, a lid on these lunatics, yeah. and now it's just That's why we are not ready for the internet, it's a pandemic. as I've said before. He claimed that the Apollo moon landings, space exploration in general— 
were all faked to lead people away from the biblical truth that mm. the world was indeed flat. Uh -huh. Mighty pants. No yeah. one's ever been able to come up with a reason why. Like, you ever ask a flat earther why? Yeah, because when I look into the distance, Eddie, the horizon is a straight line. But, it's not curved, okay? I use my eyes, my God-given eyes. But why, over the centuries of mankind and science, have people colluded together to make us believe the world is round and part of a, and a planet and the part of a solar system? Because, why? Because the devil, that's why. <laughs> so annoying. Satan, Satan. Flat so easy. are the worst. One word for your answer, Satan. Satan. 2005, John DeLorean. Famous American automobile engineer died on this day. Big fan of Coke as well. Was he? Don't get me wrong. He wasn't just into cars. He had a lot of interests, cocaine being one of them. We have the DeLorean because of his Coke. Love, yeah, right? we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> 2007, Calvert DeForest died. He was a comedian who worked with David Letterman on his show, better known as Larry Bud Melman. Oh, I love Larry. I loved Larry Bud Melman too. Died at the age of 85 in 2007. I thought of the segment years earlier where Letterman at the beginning of the show talks about how they feel about the loss of Larry Bud Melman and they do the clip package yeah. and they did a tribute yeah. <laughs> and here's how that whole thing ended. I was uh, thinking about uh, Calvert just the other night when we taped that and he came out in front of the audience and was standing. I'm not dead, you bastards. <laughs> I'm not dead, you bastards. Arthur C. Clarke, famous English science fiction author, Gave us 2001, A Space Odyssey. Died on this day in 2008. Paul Schofield also died in 2008. Great British actor. In 2013, Harry Reams, one of the great porn stars of all time, died at the age Harry of 65. Reams. Harry Reams. <laughs> Harry famously was not only in Beyond the Green Door, but got his big break in Deep Throat, the most famous oh. X-rated film of all time. Yeah. He plays the doctor who is able to diagnose the problem with Linda Lovelace as to why she couldn't have orgasms during sex. Hmm. He gives her an exam and he figures it all out. Well, there it is, you little bugger. There it is. <laughs> what? Well, your clitoris, it's deep down in the bottom of your throat. <laughs> now, now, Miss Lovelace. Listen, having a clitoris deep down in the bottom of your throat is better than having no clitoris at all. Excellent points. Didn't even know that was a medical condition. What a great performance he gives to as the doctor. <laughs> so, <laughs> Miss Lovelace, your clitoris is at the base of your throat. He brings such weight to the role. <laughs> See, and that's why, Eddie, she could only have an orgasm by performing fellatio yes. on, on men. Uh, that's not misogynistic not at all. at all. Nope. <laughs> Yeesh. All right. Now, <laughs> speaking of eating things. Here's where we find if Eddie Pence would eat something related to someone who passed away today. Either eat it or perhaps stick it up his ass and pull out. <laughs> and today is no different. We will talk about the food. Then we will pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If those reels come up and they all match, well, that's... Jackpot. Yeah, that means Eddie would eat it. However, if they're mismatched, <laughs> nah, he's going to pass on it. On this day in 1286, I'm sure that's not how you would say that date. <laughs> I think 1286. 1286? 1286. Not 1,286. <laughs> no one would ever say a date like that. In 1286, Alexander III, King of Scotland, died at the age of 44. Oh. Oh, Alex III. So he was a good one. He was one of my favorite kings of Scotland. He was. Oh, yeah, why? Pour out a wee dram of whiskey for Alexander III, one of the great kings. <laughs> Yeah. 
he uh, he passed away. I'm, I bet he was a good king. Was he? Was any king back then good? Nah, probably, probably a lot not. of people killed. Yes. But anyway, it opens me up to the world of Scottish cuisine since we're celebrating Scotland. Mm. Now, we've already talked about haggis. We've tried haggis. You've tried haggis. We've done haggis. And you said it wasn't that bad. Well, apparently we didn't have original real haggis. Well, you we can't get it. Haggis. You can't get it here in the States. Yes, because we have guidelines. Because you can't put the lung in there. Uh-huh. And how are you going to have haggis without some lung? Mm. You got to get the offal and then pack it into the stomach of the sheep, and then you got to boil the whole thing yeah, up. Yeah, you can't eat the lung Like here. a sausage, and they won't let you have lung here. The bastards. That's why America is not a great country anymore. <laughs> Once they outlawed lung, it all went down, yeah. down the hill. So we're not talking about haggis, because Eddie's already tried that. But we haven't talked about rumbledy thumps. Rumbledy thumps? That's right. <laughs> is that what the guy, that's what the guy's selling on the internet for the NFTs. <laughs> Rumbledy thumps. No, this is a traditional dish from Scotland. <laughs> Would you name a fucking food after shits? That's what you say. Like, oh, fuck, I got the rumbledy thumps. No, rumbledy thumps is a traditional dish from the mm. Scottish borders. And it is delicious. I've actually had rumbledy thumps. You have? I have. When I was in Troon, which is a little Scottish fishing village. Uh-huh. This is something. I bet that smelled awful. It smelled wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to put on a cable knit sweater and just stay there forever. <laughs> anyway, it's very similar to Colcannon. Are you familiar with Colcannon out no. of Ireland? No, I'm not. Uh, how about Bubble and Squeak nope. from England? Bubble and Squeak? Bubble and Squeak. Bubble and Squeak. Bubble and Squeak no. is the name of a food from England. Nope. These don't sound like foods. They're all good foods. And this Sounds is, like sex acts. <laughs> this is a variation on uh, Bubble and Squeak and Colcannon. It is, oh man, it's so good. Okay. It is, is, um, well, you need, you got to saute first some shredded onions and then cabbage in butter until the onion is translucent, until you can see through it and then the cabbage is nice and wilted. Okay. Then you add some potatoes and you mash it all together with butter, salt, and pepper. And then you Mm. put it in an oven-proof dish and you cover it up with some cheese, usually cheddar, and then you bake it until the top is golden brown. And you can have it as a side dish, or hell, you can have a whole meal of rumbledy thumps. This would give you rumbledy thumps. No, it would. Yes, it would. Yes. Onions and cabbage and cheese. You can swap out the uh, cabbage with kale if you're so inclined. <laughs> but uh, rumbledy thumps well, is a way you. to use yeah. the leftovers from a, a, a you know a bigger roast meal. You can put it down to sort of like a casserole and then bake it. Right. And then uh, rum, rumbledy thumps. It's, could, co- it's colon blow is what it is. It's not. It's a delicious, uh, a nice winter's eve. When you need a nice hot meal. And you're constipated. You could cook up some rumbledy thumps. <laughs> that name is terrible. It's awesome, and it's a thing, and it's real. And let's find out if Eddie would eat it or not. Let's pull that handle. Here we go. One rumble, two rumbles, three. Oh, I don't want on. to shit myself to death. Because that's what you would do with that food. That's simply not you would the just, case. Mm. You would, you would enjoy a nice heaping helping of rumbledy no, thumps. I w- onions and cabbage and cheese. Mm. No. Oh, my. Those don't mix together to make a meal. Those are parts of a meal. That's all good things right there. No. Rumbledy thumps. <laughs> the Ralph Report brought to you by <laughs> rumbledy thumps. Stop it. Now, I got to pay that guy because he used one of his. <laughs> no, that's my original oh, fart. Okay. I didn't use his farts. All right, fair enough. That's it for today's Hello, Death. Hello. Death. You're dead now, so shut up. All righty, let's take a look at the entertainment news, shall we? In a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. 
this story just gets darker and darker. Army Hammer now accused of rape oh. from an accuser who came forward yesterday in a uh, press conference with her lawyer. She goes by the name of Effie. She hasn't uh, given her full name, but her attorney, Gloria Allred, was by her side yesterday as she made her allegations, and they are pretty gruesome. Mm. She claims in a, a video statement that Army Hammer raped her for over four hours, she claims. Oh, my God. Including uh, slapping her head against a wall, which bruised her and physically abused her with other acts of violence, like beating her feet with a riding crop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, naturally, Army Hammer and his legal team are denying these accusations, saying that the rough sex that was engaged in was something that was uh, mutual, consensual. consensual and mutual. Yeah. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. They have receipts as well. She's got a bunch. She was the one who on Instagram started releasing those texts about getting her, okay. her rib barbecued and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is that woman. And uh, they've got texts from her as recent as July 18th, 2020, where she sends a text to him saying, I'm helplessly horny. I just need to tell you because it's been so long since the last time. And then there's other graphic uh, descriptions about what she wants Army Hammer to do to her in these texts. Oh. Now, she says in her statement that she was messed up in the head because of what happened, and she tried to rationalize it away by believing that there was love there in a relationship, which is all completely valid. Yeah. And all really happens in cases of abuse, so I'm not discounting any of that. Yeah. I'm just saying there seems to be some question. It's going to be hard to prove. On both sides here as to what exactly transpired. It's going to be a lot of he said, she said. Well, this is the good news. The uh, L.A. Um, attorney's office has announced they are investigating the charges. And that's, the, I think, the best thing you can hope for in a situation like this. Right. Because there is a school of thought that says, you know, you have to believe women... Yes, it has to be investigated, absolutely. I don't think you have to believe women, but you have to listen to them, yeah. and you have to take them seriously, and you have to investigate yes. these claims. So I'm hoping that more information can be uncovered, and if he is indeed guilty of these horrible things, I hope he goes to jail I, for I mean, a long, I mean, I don't time. know how you prove it unless there's some video or recording of him actually doing it. Well... When it just seems like it's some sort of messed up relationship that he's claiming it was. It doesn't sound like he's denying any of the things that right, he Right, but he's saying that this is the way they engaged in Yeah, he's saying that all, the, all these sexual activities were completely consensual, discussed, and agreed upon in advance and mutually participatory. That's just so, hard to prove. Mm. So I don't know where it's going to go, but uh, regardless, it just, you know, it, it, it's there's no good outcome. Either this guy's being kink-shamed because he's into BDSM, yes. And this girl has an axe to grind, and yes. she is flogging him publicly to try to ruin him. Yes. Or he actually is a monster. Yeah. Either way. Someone gets ruined. Someone gets ruined, and it's just sad on so many levels. Um, this is an interesting story. There was a woman who released a press release saying that she was married to Pete Davidson, and they were starting a production company together. What? Yes. And that's true? None of that is true, what? Eddie Pence. Yeah. Which is very strange. <laughs> That's weird. Got even stranger when she showed up to his home in Long Island the other day Ooh. and found an open side door, came in and sat down at the kitchen table. Weird. One of Pete's relatives apparently was home. He wasn't there at the time, but they called 911, rather, and law enforcement says it's the same person. Her name is Michelle Mootready. Oh, get her help, please. And she believes uh, that she is in a, uh, in a marriage with Pete Davidson, oh. that they're starting a production company together, and she released a press release, which is... 
crazy on a whole nother yes. level of sophistication that I'm not familiar with. She needs serious help. Yeah. And who would pick Pete Davidson to be I the guy you want know. to say you're married to? I don't know. I guess it's it's right there where it's believable enough. I suppose. <laughs> this is interesting. Matthew McConaughey is returning to the role that made him a star. 25 years later, he was in a movie called A Time to Kill, you may remember, based on the John Grisham novel. Hey. And HBO has acquired rights to the sequel, A Time for Mercy, and they have talked McConaughey into coming back and reprising his role in a limited series for HBO. That's interesting. That's a good move on his part, yeah. I think, to revisit that. That's interesting. And he's had great relationship with HBO since True Detective, yeah. so couldn't hurt. Mama June did an uh, interview. You remember her oh, from Honey, Honey Boo, Boo Boo. Boo. Yeah. yeah. She's, um, she she's, lost a bunch of weight, didn't she? She did. Yeah. She was uh, hot and hot and all that or something <laughs> hot hot and not hot not, not hot but all that i forget the name of the show <laughs> anyway then she became a serious uh, drug addict oh, no. and she's in recovery now but she said over the past year of her addiction she spent one million dollars on drugs how did she have one million dollars well because she was hot and not and she was mm. uh uh honey boo boo and she's got a new series the mama june road to redemption so she'll be getting more money. We don't need this. I don't think it's a good idea. We've exploited this woman enough. Yeah, let's get her some help and then uh, cast set her, her away. <laughs> set her up with a nice job at Walmart or something like that. Because you can't give uh, you can't give the trailer people no, that much money. They don't know what to do. It's gonna it's gonna end up up somebody's nose for sure. And lastly, your people are talking, Eddie Pence. My people. Your people. There was a survey in the UK amongst people who believed that uh, extraterrestrials are visiting mm. the planet. And they asked him, what celebrity would you put in charge if the aliens ever invaded our planet? <laughs> yeah, you got some balls going after the flat earthers, by the way. Hey, that's the most opposite flat earth thing there could be. Anyway, Leaving aliens. Guess who came out on top? Who? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I'm the one they want to put in charge in case the aliens show up. Who could take care of him better than me? Ha! Nobody. I, I'd be incredib so. I would be incredibly good at protecting the Earth with mm. all these things I've learned <sighs> about the aliens. I've been to Mars. I've, uh, you know, I've been a, a Terminator robot. It's been through time, yes. I got traveled Future. through time. I've run away from, uh, you know, dangerous people. <laughs> I'm perfect. So he is uh, number one, according to 2,000 adults in uh, Great Britain. They don't remember his run as governor then, I guess. I guess not. Uh, number two, Will Smith. Well, sure, Independence Day, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, third on the list, Sir David Attenborough. Really? Yeah, he does a lot of uh, nature shows. Maybe he figures well, he I knows guess. something maybe, about that. Maybe. Uh, Bruce Willis was no, number four. We don't need that. Tom Cruise at number five. No. Um, Harrison Ford. Maybe. Number six, Sigourney Weaver. Yes. At number seven, because she pushed that one out the yeah, airlock right. or whatever, right? In at number eight, by the way, Donald Trump in at number eight for the guy to protect us from the aliens. Oh, no. Please, no. 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 Because he'd be like, it's just one alien, probably going to be none soon. A couple, come April, all the aliens are going to go away. He'd just pretend uh, there just wasn't a not problem. not happening. Yeah, that'd be bad. <sighs> all right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on March 19th. Famous R&B legend Clarence Frogman Henry is 84 years old today. Great R&B singer. Clarence Frogman Henry's shtick was he could sing like a girl or like a frog. Huh. Besides his own voice. Some range. He was so proud of that fact, he actually put it into one of his songs. I got a voice. I love to sing. I sing like a girl. And I sing like a frog. 
Right. He should have sung like a frog and a girl. He does later on in that song. I didn't play the whole thing. I could just say it. Ain't got a home. Start singing like that. Ain't got a home. He does a little (laughs) stuff. Renee Taylor from the 90s, 88 years old today. Ursula Andress, the very first Bond girl in Dr. No, is 85. Glenn Close is 74 years old today. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Feels like she's been a star forever. Singer Ruth Pointer of the Pointer Sisters is 75. Film producer and pig monster Harvey Weinstein is 69 years old today. Have you ever seen the documentary Untouchable on Hulu? No, I have not. Gotta watch it. It's about him? It's a hard watch. It's about the victims of what what he put people through, not only with the sexual assault, but the bullying and just what a monster he is across the board. Mm. It's a hard watch, but it is fascinating and important that you know just what a piece of human garbage this guy was. So sadly, he's another year older today, but hopefully that won't last for too much longer. Bruce Willis, who's going to save us from the aliens, is 66 today. Mary Shearer from Mad TV and iCarly is 58. Condor Trenier from Star Trek Enterprise is 52. And drummer Zach Lind of Jimmy Eat World is 45. It just takes some time And that's today's Celebrity Birthdays brought to you by Rumble Trumps. <laughs> if you're hungry in Scotland, try new Rumble Detrumps. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> All right. We're not done with entertainment news just yet. Speaking of great things that come from the UK, how about our pal Steve Ashton? He's going to bring us the final installment of UK Update today for a Friday. Here he is. Oh, Steve. Do you know what, Ralph? You were such a champion drinker this week. You made Oliver Reed look like Oliver North. <laughs> How was it the next day, by the way? Um, it was rough, I have to admit. It was, yesterday was a bad day. Did you L-Sistine it or no? I didn't, no. I, I raw-dogged it. And you and you had to sit in front of Edwin all, all morning. So... <laughs> Come on. Um, Spice, Girls are, <laughs> Spice Girls are in the news, Ralph. Good, Spice Girls. This is good news, actually. Spice Girl Mel B, um, do you know she's had her troubles in the last few years? She was nearly bankrupt. We've spoken about that a while ago. Well, the good news is she's now almost a millionaire again. Isn't that good news? Yes. Well, she had to move back in with her mother a couple of years ago after a messy divorce, and her accounts showed that she was left with just £961 in the bank. She also owed around £1.5 million in taxes to the IRS, and she was too broke to pay her own court fees. Now, you may remember uh, that she went cap in hand to her ex, Eddie Murphy, to ask him for higher maintenance payments, even though they were never married. 
oh, hang on a minute, something about that story that sounds eerily familiar. <laughs> Claiming poverty whilst clearly raking cash in, hand over hairy fist. I wonder where I've heard that story. Anyway, but in the latest accounts published yesterday by her Money Spider production company, show that she's back in credit. Uh, Mel now has about 834k in the bank following the release of her memoir, Brutally Honest, and an appearance on The Masked Singer, amongst some other gigs, which I'm assuming will be like an Uber driver. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> being Jeffrey from Toys R Us's pimp. Um, but I think one thing that probably boosted her income was taking all of her empty glass bottles for 5p deposit back. Um, <laughs> Uh, and even after she paid her creditors, again, which I assume is the local off-license liquor store kebab shop, she still has around 650 grand in net assets. Now, uh, so from bankruptcy to over half a million in the bank in under two years, it's almost as if she has a crafty accountant that did some creative paperwork for her and hid her assets. <laughs> I don't know. That's just an idea. Just think, if Edwin have a, had a creative accountant, what he could be worth. I mean, uh, although, just think what Edwin could find between his couch cushions and be bothered to find his fucking receipts, how much he could be worth after all that. Around $15, I imagine. Anyway, fancy a bit of Bond news, Ralph? Uh, yes, please. We've not seen the last of Daniel Craig as Bond, but don't get too excited. He's set to reprise his role of James Bond in a new sketch for comic relief. Um, now, the Liverpool football fan, just like you and I, Ralph, yes. will feature in the forthcoming Red Nose Day special for comic relief appearing alongside British comedian Catherine Tate, who you may remember from her stint on... Doctor Who the right answer where she played the character of i fucking don't care quite frankly um but she was very good in it now the sketch will see tate revive her character of nan from her sketch show the catherine tate show did you did you get any of that over there not that i know of she played this old uh foul mouth curmudgeon character called nan very reminiscent of both you and i um, <laughs> when we sit down together and drink but um, she apparently finds herself in the uh, cleaning the office of the head of secret intelligence, where she soon comes face to face with Bond himself. Now, this airs uh, well tonight on Comet Relief, um, and the Comet Relief special will take the form of a three-hour variety show hosted by the once hilarious Sir Lenny Henry. Um, <laughs> David Tennant is also going to feature in the broadcast, as well as um, one of the evening's highlights being a crossover between the show Fleabag and the show Normal People. And also, Kiera Knightley will also appear in a skit about the greatest disaster movie ever made. So that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? I love comic relief, don't you? I do enjoy it, yeah. I love it when you get like, you like you know, like really dramatic, serious actors and politicians and sports people delivering awful so-called comedic lines in a wooden robotic way or <laughs> trying, trying far too hard to be funny in fucking dreadful sketches. I mean, I donate just to get fucking D-Rad trying his hand at comedy away from my fucking mince pies on a Friday night. <laughs> but look, I've got to go now, Ralph. Of course, as someone who volunteers a lot i'm doing my bits for comic relief i'm doing a sponsored event would you care to sponsor me i'd be happy to it's a good cause good i'm throwing rog red dog excrement at cordon's <laughs> car for one pound per handful i'm aiming to raise 10 grand and i think i'll fucking smash that anyway i'll talk to you before i go out on the old video vault and steve's right he'll be joining us in just a moment as we open up the old video vault
Here are some picks of what you can watch this weekend. Movies that we love. We think you will, too. Today's genre is the private detective movies. And uh, America's got a great classic tradition of P.I. movies. Goes back to the 1930s and 40s with characters like Dashiell Hammett, Sam Spade. And then, of course, Philip Marlowe was a fictional character created by Raymond Chandler. One of the great detective fiction characters made his way into the movies as well. Played by great actors like Humphrey Bogart and Dick Powell. And my film is a Philip Marlowe movie, but it's a little more recent than those old timers. Uh, 1969 is the year. The movie is simply called Marlowe. It was the movie version of a Chandler novel from 1949 called The Little Sister. And it's not surprising that this is my favorite version of Philip Marlowe because it stars James Garner as the detective. cool. It's a great movie. This is pre-Rockford Files, but you can see a lot of Rockford in his version of Philip Marlowe in this. Great cast in general. Carol O'Connor, before he did uh, All in the Family, he is in it. Uh, Jackie Coogan, Rita Moreno is in this film. Jeez. And it introduces a lot of people in the U.S. to a young man named Bruce Lee, Hmm. who plays a martial artist gangster named Winston Wong. No, Winslow Wong. Winslow Wong? Yeah. And he's great in it. Here's a scene from Marlowe with James Garner. When his first his first time interacting with Bruce Lee, Bruce comes into his office, kicks a hole in the wall, <laughs> breaks his coat rack in half with one chop, and then uh, tries to intimidate Philip Marlowe into dropping the case he's currently on, first by offering him some money. Here's a scene from Marlowe with James Garner and Bruce Lee. $500. Well, that you can kick the ceiling in. It's yours. What? You are not looking for anybody. You cannot find anybody. You do not have time to work for anybody. You have not heard a thing, nor seen nothing. And what do I do for an encore? Nothing. Keep on doing nothing for a reasonable length of time. I will come back and place five more like these on your desk, side by side. And for whom am I doing all this nothing? Winslow Wong. That is I. I like a man who uses good grammar. You impress me, Mr. Wong. Whom sent you? And of course, being the genre that it is, he doesn't uh, give up the case and he gets beat up. And it's a very entertaining film from 1969. James Garner as Philip Marlowe in Marlowe. Check that out. Now we turn to Steve Ashton, who always brings us a film from the world of British cinema. Let's take a look at a private detective film that Steve likes. Well, it might surprise you that there haven't been a lot of British detective movies in the last few years. Not good ones, anyway. Uh, especially if you consider we've got such a rich legacy with, you know, Miss Marple, Hercule Poirot, the Sexton Blake series, which isn't a series of porn films, by the way. It's <laughs> a real detective series from the 40s and 50s. Normally, I try for something that people may not have heard of and apparently depress the fuck out of uh, people, according to the emails <laughs> I get after I've done my video vault. But... Um, I thought, fuck it, you know what, let's just go for the best. So I've gone for the seminal Sherlock Holmes movie featuring the seminal Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson pairing, 1939's The Hound of the Baskervilles. And take it you've probably seen that. Oh, hell yes. So the, the Hound of the Baskervilles marks the first of 14 Sherlock Holmes movies that star Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce as Holmes and Watson, respectively, the last being in 1946. So 14 movies in seven years. That's Nicholas Cage territory right there, isn't it? <laughs> and it's his numbers. 
Um, it's also notable as the earliest known Sherlock Holmes film to be set in the Victorian period of which the original stories were set. Now, a lot of home, in fact, all Holmes films before that had been updated to a setting contemporaneous with the film's release. So released in 1920, set in 1920. I don't mm. know about you, but I much prefer that period setting, don't you? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, fuck Dominic Clumbersnatch <laughs> and that fucking TV show he did with Martin Freeman. I, um, now, if you didn't know, the story's about an investigation by Holmes and Watson into the death of Sir Charles Baskerville by a legendary devil dog. When I first saw this, I was genuinely terrified. I watched it with my dad on like a Friday or Saturday night. And it's so atmospheric, the black and white. And, I, and for me just the absolute best pairing of actors for the main characters. Let's have a quick listen. Mr. Holmes, you're the one man in all England who can help me. Well, won't you sit down? Thank you. A friend of mine is in grave danger. May I inquire his name? Sir Henry Baskerville, heir to the estate of Baskerville Hall. I'm in mortal fear Sir Henry's life will be snuffed out. Why, what makes you think that? I have information which leads me to believe that for centuries past, every Baskerville who's inherited the estates has met with a violent and sudden death. But as I recall it, Sir Charles died from natural causes, heart failure. Apparently. And that was the verdict of the coroner in which I, as Sir Charles' physician, concurred. But there was one point which I kept back from the police, from everybody. Yes? About 50 yards from where Sir Charles fell dead were footprints. A man's or a woman's? Mr. Holmes, they were the footprints of a gigantic hound. And now it's time for Eddie Pence's pick, which always, I get a little knot in my stomach until I find out what he's going to send our way. We dodged a bullet because he was flirting with Ford Fairlane. <laughs> the Andrew, I stand by that The pick. Andrew Dice Clay disaster. I stand by that pick. But he decided instead to go with Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Talk about this film, Edwin. Uh, I love my love for Steve Martin. And what was great about this, it, it was I forgot what year it came out, mid-80s? 82. 82. 82 yeah. It came on black and white. Yes. Which was really cool. And then they intercut shots of old classic detective films and it was I, I mean, as a kid i loved this movie yeah we we're talking about some of those uh, classic film noir detective movies starring guys like humphrey bogart and that's what they do they take clips from those movies yeah. 19 different vintage films and then they have steve martin interacting with those classic actors in scenes that they've lifted from yeah. those movies but then manipulated it into a brand new story i loved line. it it was a fascinating idea of a movie. it's a great film yeah. and a really clever premise and it's brilliantly done carl reiner the director of this film yeah they teamed up again after their success with the jerk and it is in black and white steve martin's performance is very subdued in this it's not classic steve martin no he's not no. big broad and goofy he is uh he's playing a detective yeah. and the storyline is very complex and rachel ward stars as the femme fatale yep. and she is just stunning in this movie he's a, he's a good gumshoe in this he really is and you can watch him work with the likes of humphrey bogart and james cagney and Joan Crawford and Cary Grant. Sort of I mean, like a love letter to those old films. Very much so. Some of the most classic uh, films from the detective genre are uh, lifted from and put into this film. Here he is in a scene with uh, Ingrid Bergman. She's throwing a party from the movie Notorious, and they cut Steve into it, and uh, <laughs> he's hitting on her pretty hard. How are you, handsome? Haven't I seen you somewhere before? Maybe. I've been somewhere before. It's nice of you to invite me, Feel a little like a party crash. I like party crashers. I like classy dames with bedroom eyes. 
You know something? I like you. I like me too. I like me too. <laughs> it's got all the snappy private eye banter, and yes. he does a big narration throughout the film as well. It was a very ambitious film for that time. This is before CGI. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's very they, ambitious. They had to shoot all the scenes over the shoulder of actors who were dressed yeah. and looked just like the original actors, so Steve Martin and could then do dress scenes. all the sets to match those old. It was very ambitious. Yeah, it's if you're an old, old movie fan, this is a great watch. Very enjoyable. Dead men don't wear plaid, which, by the way, is a reference to a line in the film. It's a scene about a woman who's obsessed with guys who wear a plaid, and they cut that scene out of the movie. So, the so <laughs> don't expect the title to make any sense to you when you actually watch this film. Well, that works for Steve Martin. Great pick. So uh, oh, well done, Eddie you. Pence. Those are our choices this week. Time to close up the video vault. That's it for the Ralph Report for this week, boys and girls. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We truly appreciate it. Come on back tomorrow. No, don't come back tomorrow because no. nothing's happening. It'll be Saturday. <laughs> Why don't you come back Monday? That'd be much better. We'll have a show on Monday. We're going to have a good time. We think you will too. All the usual nonsense, but it not, it's just nothing matters unless you join us. I need right? your ears. Give me your ears. So we'll talk to you on Monday. Until then, however, you got to take care of yourself. So please. Stay the fuck at home. Wash those hands real good. Stay good in the hood. Still got to stay distant from people. Stay sweet at six feet. Because. Life is life. You got to protect yours and those that you love as well. All right, kids. We'll talk to you on Monday. Until Monday. Love you. Mean it. Bye.